Praise the Lord, saints. I'm not just talking just to anybody. Praise the Lord, saints of the Most High God. This is now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all, you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's Ephesians 3.20. We thank God. Then he says in Jude 1.24, he says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present. I don't know what it is about now unto him, but he's able to do whatever we need him to do in the midst of our lives. We thank God for him. Then I believe it's Jude 1.20. He says, building up your most holy faith. Building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. See, there's significant evidence that says that he was talking about praying in tongues in the scripture. There's evidence for that. There's evidence for that. And we know the Apostle Paul, I believe, is 1 Corinthians 14, 18. He said, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than ye all. He said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And then we find in Romans, the 8th chapter, in verse 26, he says, we know not to what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be honored. We thank God because he knows exactly what we need in the midst of our lives. We thank him for that. It's a good day to be saved, y'all. I'm going to say that one more time. It's a good day to be saved. It's, It's a good season to walk with God. I just want to take a short space of time tonight. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. And, and it, it's, it's not my intent. I'm not trying to preach tonight. I don't think it's even my intent to teach, but I, just something that I thought about that was on my mind, I just want to share. Let's read, let's read. If you stand with me, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. Beginning at verse 14, Hebrews 12, verse 14. When you have it, say, man. Hebrews 12, 14 is up on the screen. Let us read, follow peace with all men. And holiness without which... No man shall see the Lord. Verse 15 says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, thereby many be defiled. Verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one more soul of meat sold his birthright, for ye know how that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. God, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy tonight. Lord God, we pray that you inspire us. We pray that you motivate us. 
We pray that you encourage us tonight. Lord, I'm here for no other reason. I pray that you use this man as a willing vessel, God, that the words that I speak, that they'll be your words and no one else's. We thank God right now. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We ask you to continue to move in the midst of our lives. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. If you notice, I didn't give a, a, a title to a sermon tonight because I, I don't even know if I have a title. But I, I just wanted to talk just for a moment tonight. We, we understand that the God that we serve, we understand that the God that we serve, he's, he's holy. He's a holy God. We, we understand this, not... Not only is God a holy God, the God that we serve, not only is he a holy God, but he, he, also, he also calls us unto holiness. And I, I believe in, in this generation, I believe in, in this moment, in this hour, in this season, I think, I think we struggle with that. I begin to, to ask myself, what, what is holiness? What, what is holiness? What is holiness? Uh, Hebrews 12, 14 in the Amplified Version, it says, continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no man will ever see the Lord. So, so, so we see here they equate Holiness with sanctification. I believe also if you if you look up the Greek word for holiness, you, you would find sanctification as one of the definitions. So I, I begin to ask myself as, as it progressed uh, in my mind and in my thoughts, what is sanctification? What is sanctification? And of course, what we know to be set apart to a sacred purpose, to, to be cons consecrated, to, to be free from sin, to be purified, to give moral or social sanction to. We, we, we know that sanctification is to be set apart. We, it's, it's something that is set away from everything else. So, and we see that holiness, holiness, and sanctification, we, we understand this. And then we, we begin to read scriptures like Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. We understand that holiness and sanctification is to abstain from sinful deeds and We've come to the conclusion through Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. So if, if, if I'm not living a sanctified life and I'm living in sin, then the Bible says the wages thereof can only be death. Like I said, I have no title to this message. Uh, um, it's just a thought that came to my mind. Galatians 5 and 19, the Bible begins to talk about the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. Remember Hebrews 12, 14, 
Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Galatians 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of that which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if the wages of sin is death, the works of the flesh, if I commit, I cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So the works of a flesh will cause me to miss out on my inheritance. Second uh, Corinthians six, and I'll read one verse seventeen. It says, "Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you." This is a verse of sanctification, of being set apart, to coming out from. 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 9, it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. It says the homosexual will not inherit the kingdom of God. I, I, I've said this to people before, that homosexuality is so, so, so strange. It, it's called strange flesh. It's so different that if you read in, in, in Galatians, the fifth chapter is not even named amongst one of the works of the flesh. But it says, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit so so these are the things that will cause me to lose my inheritance so so in my mind i i thought about this and I, and if you think about these scriptures we we have to come to the conclusion that that in light of these scriptures that hebrews 12 and 14 we gain a greater understanding Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So if we want to go to heaven, we come to the conclusion we have to be holy. If we want to see him one day, we come to the conclusion that we have to be holy. First Peter 1.16, be ye holy for I am holy. If we are to truly be like him, then we have to take upon ourselves his holiness if you want to see his face in peace uh, we you you have to be holy if you if you want to hear well done thy good and faithful servant then we have to embrace a holy lifestyle for we find that this is this is indeed what is implied in this text Follow peace with all men and holiness and holiness and holiness and sanctification. Without that, without that, you won't even see him. But what, what if, 
and, and I'm asking questions here. I, I don't know if I have all the answers, but, but what if the scripture was not only dealing with living holy now to see him in eternity, but is it possible for this text to also deal with the present? I, I use a verse of scripture that I, I love, and I think many of you probably love it as well. Isaiah 6 and 1. The Bible says, in the year that King Isaiah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I, I've preached on this verse before. Um, uh, I, I preached about King Isaiah. King Isaiah was initially, he was a great king. He, he, he had the grace and favor of God upon him. God had blessed him tremendously through the blessings of God. He allowed him to, to do some mighty acts. He built cities. The Bible says that he warred against the Philistines. And you can find all this in 2 Chronicles 26. Uh, uh, he built towers in Jerusalem. He, he had a mighty army of men. And he, he had men that made machines. Amen. It was invented by men that had skillful hands. And the Bible says that he was so powerful and mighty that his fame spread abroad, even unto Egypt. But unfortunately, King Isaiah counted his successes to be of his own strength. And after a while, the Bible says that he, would, he became lifted up in pride. And the Bible says in, in 2 Chronicles 26, 16, he took it upon himself to do the work of the high priest and burn incense upon the altar. Because of his pride, God struck him with leprosy. The Bible says that he was a leper until the day of his death. He, he was a leper until the day of his death. And, and so preaching from the scripture, I've made the, the inference that Isaiah was now able to see the Lord. Why? Because he, 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 he was able to see the Lord because now pride had been moved out the way. He, he was blinded by the pride of King Isaiah. See, see, before high and lifted up, when he looked, he saw King Isaiah. But now with him out of the way, now he saw the Lord high and lifted up. See, not only did he see that, God, I thank you. But the Bible says that his train filled the temple. We understand that a king's train is made from robes of other kings that he's defeated. So at first I saw a man high and lifted up in his own pride who put himself upon that pedestal. Now I see the king of kings, the Lord of lords, high and lifted up, the one who cannot be defeated. He, he, he saw the absolute greatness. He saw the majesty of God. Could, could it be possible, just could it be possible that Hebrews 12, 14, could it be making the same reference? 
Follow peace with all men. Follow peace with all men and holiness and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. We understand that that the fulfillment of a holy lifestyle will cause us to see him one day in glory. Uh, we can get excited about it. Uh, uh, Paul said in Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We have a hope. We have a hope of glory that God, when it, our day comes, he's going to crack the sky and call out our names. If we live a lifestyle that's pleasing unto him, we, we understand that. But, but could it be possible that, that holiness is the key to seeing God move right now? Could, could it be possible follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord? We, we often equate that with seeing his face in glory, but... What if I want to see God move now in my life? Ah, Jesus. First Peter 3 and 12, first Peter 3 and 12. The Bible says, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. So, so someone that's living right, somebody that's in right standing with God. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are over him. Not only that, but his ears are open unto their prayers. But, but read the latter part. The latter part says, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Could it be that, that, that we've been so distracted? Could it be that, that we've been so distracted by the draw of this generation? Could it be that we've been so distracted by the enticement of this culture that it has blinded us? from seeing the hand of God move in the midst of our lives. Listen, I, I may not have the answers tonight, but this is just some things that have gone through my mind. And I, I understand we've been through, we've been through so much in the past few years. We've, we've experienced COVID and we've experienced sickness and we've lost loved ones and some of us have lost our jobs and we, we, we've seen in society there a division in our country on every single topic, a division on COVID and a division on vaccination status and a division on COVID treatments and division between political parties and division between national leadership. We've been through so much. We've seen racial inequality and social unrest. We've, we've, we've seen economical issues and we've seen senseless murders and killings and the crime rate is up in just about every major city in this country. We see wars and we see talks of nuclear war and we see talks of war between Russia and the West and we, we see abortion protests and we see the overturning of Roe versus Wade and gas prices are skyrocketing and the cost of living and food and rent has skyrocketed and wages have not been able to keep pace with inflation. We've been through so much in the last few years. Could it be, could it be, just could it be, is it possible that all these things have distracted us 
from the pursuit of holiness? Could it be that it has blinded us from seeing the move of God in the midst of our lives? I, I believe I'm going to be transparent. I believe I shared with Elder Taylor. We were talking one night and, and I told him I'm, I'm just tired of praying for, for people and not seeing results. Seems like I would pray for somebody. They're in the hospital. They're going through and I'm praying. I'm fasting and I'm praying for them. And then next thing you know, they pass away. We, we prayed for the sick to be healed and, and we've still experienced death. And we said, well, well, maybe it's the will of God. No, God, you, you told us that we will raise the dead. We will heal the sick. Where's the evidence? Where's the manifestation of the spirit? We, we prayed for situations to change in our lives and in our lives of our loved ones. But it seemed as if situations got worse. Uh, even Bishop preached it this morning, talking about Psalms 103. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy disease. Where's the healings at today? He tells us in James, the fifth chapter, verse 14, he said, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say it could, it can, if you pray hard enough. He said, no, it shall save the sick. Where's it at, oh God? What, what, what if we're at fault? What if it's because we're, we're more interested in social media than interested in reading our Bible? Have we lost our pursuit? Have, have we lost our zeal and our fire and our fervency seeking after him, wanting to be right? We used to sing the song, God, I just want to be right. Is it because we've elevated Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and hashtags and likes and subscribe? Have we elevated above the presence of God? What, what if it's the immorality in the palm of our hand causing us to constantly look down when we should be looking up unto the hills from which cometh our help? see it all the time. I hate it. Everybody walking around like this, bumping into you. It has been, it has been the goal of this culture to pull you in and to slowly brainwash you. You know, that's what TikTok does. Every video that you watch, I don't do social media. My wife doesn't do social media. Our kids, until they turned 18, they didn't do social media. But I know that they use algorithms 
every video that you watch, they're, they're setting up 10 other videos to go along with it. And they, they entrap you. And all you do, next thing you know, you've been doing it for four hours. So it, it's been the goal of this culture, of this society, to, to, to reel you in and to slowly brainwash you and, and mold you to what they want you to be. This is why, this is why that, that things, that some things aren't vexing to you, let me say us, some things aren't vexing to us as they should be or as they used to be. The, the culture has attempted to, to cause us to be a more accepted acceptance of fornication and, and shacking up and and fornication and pornography and homosexuality and transgenderism and LGBT rights. They, 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 they've snuck it in on us. And we watch the commercials and it, it can be a commercial about water, water bottle commercial, and they'll show two men come together and kiss. They throw it in on you. What one generation allows, the next generation embraces. And unfortunately, because we've allowed it coming up in our generation, now this next generation is embracing it. This is why you have, quote unquote, affirming churches. You, you can be a homosexual and still be saved. I, I, I think... I think to see the hand of God move in the midst of our lives, uh, it, prayer is important, but I don't think it's another prayer meeting that we need. And fasting is important, but I don't think it's another fast that we need. But what we need is a revival of holiness. If I have the opportunity to experience the hand of God move in my life. If I have the opportunity that what, whatsoever I call, God does it in the midst of my life. That, that if I say, raise that person up, boom, it happens. If I say, heal this person, oh God, boom, it happens. If I have that opportunity to experience that, then what's it matter about I can't see a particular movie? What's it matter that I can't go to a particular place or what's it matter that I can't go and look at a particular website when you got the hand of God moving in your life? I said I wouldn't be long and I'm closing here. Every bubble eventually bursts. We're, we're seeing it now. We're seeing it now with the housing market. We understand that the feds have raised interest rates and it's causing the housing market to come down. I don't know how many of you go on Zillow and look at the, the estimate of your house, but what it was worth last month is probably worth less this month. We've, we've seen the bubble burst in the stock market so much that I don't even want to look at my accounts. So, so every bubble eventually bursts. I believe that this bubble of unrighteousness, 
this bubble of lawlessness, this bubble of sinfulness, at some point is going to burst. This attack on faith, this attack on biblical truth, this lackadaisical attitude towards holiness and sanctification, I believe eventually it will burst. When, when, when all the chips have fallen, guess what? That void is still in the sinner's life. When they flipped and they've looked at the last video on TikTok, that void is still in the sinner's life. I believe that there will come a revival. I, I believe there will be a revival of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe there will be a revival of holiness and sanctification and biblical truth. I believe I'll see it in my lifetime. This isn't the end, y'all. Yeah, we've been duped by the culture, but this isn't the end. We bounce back. We bounce back. He Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men in my closing. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Go to verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. He, he got caught up in the affairs of this life. Uh, give me Hebrews 12 and 1. Hebrews 12 and 1. He got caught up in this life. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses. We just left Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the chapter of faith, the faith chapter. And he says, we're so compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses. Look at everything these men did. He said, because it is, let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. We want to see God move in the midst of our lives. We've got to lay it down. We've got to lay it down. We've got to lay down that sin, that thing, that burden upon us, that that, that weight upon us. We've got to lay it down. G give me 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. We, we see Esau. Esau, because of Esau's unrighteousness, it caused him to miss out on his blessing. For Isaac blessed Jacob in his stead. You can read it in Genesis, the 27th chapter. But Isaac blessed Jacob in his stead, and guess what? It, it couldn't be reversed. So not only did Esau give up his birthright, or not only did he give up his opportunity for eternal inheritance, but he gave up his opportunity for his inheritance upon this earth. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Listen, I'm done. Could it be 
we want to see the hand of God move, not only is it that we're going to see his face, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, that we're going to see his face in eternity, but I want to see you now, God. There's still some things I want to see done in my life. There's still some miracles and signs and wonders that I want to experience. There's still some blessings that I need upon my life. There's still some people that I want to see saved. God, I want you to save me. God, I want you to take away my distractions so I can follow hard after thee, O oh God. Saints, we need a revival. We need a revival of holiness outwardly and inwardly. We need a revival of holiness to see God move in our lives. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Does anybody need prayer tonight? Anybody need prayer? I think just about everybody has the Holy Ghost. Does anybody need prayer? Anybody need God to do something in the midst of their lives? I'm tired of coming to church. Praise him, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm tired of coming in church and not seeing anything. Where are the miracles at? Where are the signs? Where are the wonders? Where's the spiritual gifts moving in the church? We need a revival. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. Lord, you're worthy. Come on, pray with me. Jesus, we thank you. God, we bless you, Jesus. God, we say we're sorry tonight. Lord, forgive us for coming up short. Forgive us for being distracted. Forgive us, oh God, for, for not uh, causing holiness to be important in our lives. For not allowing sanctification to be important in our lives. Oh God, forgive us tonight, Jesus. Revive us, revive us, oh God. Revive us, Jesus. Allow us to affect, to have an effect on this generation. Allow us to have an effect on this culture that even though many have forsaken you, even though many have turned their backs on you, there's still somebody, there's still one. There's still one that said, what must I do to be saved? There's somebody that's tired of living the way they're living. There's somebody that's tired, hallelujah, God, of getting themselves in trouble time after time and failing over and over again. There's somebody. There's somebody that's still looking and seeking after you that needs you. God, I pray for this empty seat next to me. I pray. Hasha. That empty seat next to me has a name on it. Hallelujah. And I pray you bring that person. You know where they are right now. 
Lord, you know their heart right now. You know what they're doing right now. I pray you come by. Touch them. Prick their hearts, oh God, that they may turn and ask, what must I do to be saved? We pray you just bring them to the house. Bring them to your presence. Just bring them in here, oh God, and you do the work and, and, and you move in the midst of their lives. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Let, let it be known. Bless our lifestyle, Jesus, that when men see us, they don't see us, they see you. Bless our lives, oh God. Bless our speech, the things that we say, the conversations that we get ourselves in, oh God. You've seen it. Forgive us, oh God. Let us affect somebody. Let us touch somebody with the words that we speak. Allow it to be life and not death, oh God. Touch every soul down here right now. You know what they stand in need of in the midst of their lives. Take away, hallelujah, whatever's been ailing them and hurting them and coming against them. Take it out now. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. That thing that's been trying to take you out of here. That thing that's been trying to hurt you and cause you strife and pain in your life. That person, that individual, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We pray ultimately, oh God, your will will be done. Your will will be done. Your will will be done in the midst of our lives, oh God. We give you glory, honor, and praise right now. And we ask you all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you, saints. I love you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you.